0: We're super necessary.
1: Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Today I'm delighted to say that joining us is current UFC star Rachel Pennington. How's it going? Yeah good thanks how are you? Doing pretty good. Good to hear thanks very much for taking the time and joining us today.
0: Yeah for sure thanks for having me on.
1: Not a problem. Uh, so we'll jump right into it. I know you're probably very busy. I um, So just just to start off, uh, tell us how you got started in in combat sports, if you could.
0: Um, I actually broke my back in a snowboarding accident my senior year. So I was going through rehab. I couldn't take any of my athletic scholarships. And so I took an academic scholarship to the university here in Colorado Springs. And I was just kind of going through rehab. I was training. And then I told my mom one day while we were at the gym, I was like, "Eh, I'm gonna do that. I seen the first team that I started with, they were training in a small like little yoga studio in the back of the gym and they were doing judo and tossing each other around on those little puzzle mats that were like a half inch thick looked really intense and I think she just thought it was going to be something good to get me going again so she was like you know what go ahead went in talked to the coach he gave me the schedule went in the next day and my first session was a sparring match had no clue what I was doing he handed me some wraps and I kind of just like I was like I don't know this doesn't make sense and I uh, just went for broke, um, kind of fell in love with it. And four months later, I fought my first fight. And here I am 14 years later.
1: Oh, wow. Four months. That's that's a really short turnaround for, for your first fight. Did you just yeah. sort of, did you just take to it like a natural?
0: Yeah. I mean, I grew up doing sports and loving competition, loving challenges. So I think just being an athlete myself really helped with the situation. And um, I grew up being a huge tomboy nothing but guy cousins. Um, I do have a girl cousin, but her and I weren't very close at the time. And then I have a younger brother. And so we kind of just, I don't know, we grew up fighting all the time. My, uh, my cousin is, one of my cousins is my five years or five months older than me. So we're pretty close in age. They call us Chip and Dale. And we were just like little hellions growing up and we would always fight each other. We were always in fist fights. We were throwing each other in my nana's cactus garden, like just absolute those things. So I think from that, between being athletic and between fighting my guy cousin all the time, it just kind of set the pace for me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was in, you know, you're very athletic, um, as you mentioned. Can, can you you talk about how... Was it difficult to overcome an injury like a, a broken back?
0: Um, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously anything like that is a little bit of a setback, but I think it took more of an emotional toll uh, obviously it took the physical toll. Um, but for me, I just young and stubborn now that I'm getting older, I've definitely learned what it's like if I want longevity and stuff to actually recover and not push through things. Um, so it was super, it was super frustrating. It was devastating for me. Like I said, mentally and emotionally, just because I had some goals and obviously I wanted to go to college for sports and stuff. And then when I had to like step back and spend time recovering, that was frustrating. But it kind of just motivated me in a new light and took it each day. And then once I got past that, then all of a sudden it opened a new door. So, you know, before it was just like, oh, why did this happen? There were so many questions. And now it was like, "Ah, oh, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. So everything happens for a reason.
2: Yeah. Would you say that's the worst injury you probably sustained?
0: Um, you know, I've had a lot of injuries uh, growing up. I think I can't even tell you how many bones I've broken. And then obviously when I signed with the UFC was actually the first time I ever took stitches in my life. So that was interesting. Um, But I, I would have to say the worst injury I sustained was in 2017 when I was in that ATV accident and broke my leg. Um, I took on a lot of nerve damage. Um, I barely avoided amputation. Like and then trying to just come back from that and going into a world title fight like played a huge part with just everything. So I think my leg injury was actually the worst. Yeah.
1: So obviously, I imagine you had to like adapt your, your training and, and stuff like that when you were on the comeback trail with that.
0: Um, well, I actually... So I had to take a bunch of time off, obviously. Amanda and I were scheduled to originally fight in December. That happened at the end of October. And then... You know, I mean, I was just coming off of my 18-month layoff um, after fighting Misha and then going into three major surgeries. So I was already ready to, like, come back. I was frustrated, like, just kind of having the downtime and I wanted to be back at it. So sustaining another injury, like, that took a toll on me. But um, I would say that I probably – I rushed myself back way too fast, just already having the 18-month layoff and then having to take more time off for that. So – um you know I mean once I was able to start functioning a little bit walking uh I kind of just jumped back into it and I kind of avoided throwing any kind of kicks with that leg or doing anything like really intense on that so yeah we definitely adapted but I mean it it wasn't ready
1: yeah I think when you've always got that sort of competitive mentality you will always try and get back in sooner rather than later you, you get a little bit towards where you used to be and you think to yourself right that's it I'm, I'm ready to come back and sometimes you're you not know, as, as you said yourself
0: yeah most definitely I mean that was a hard lesson learned as soon as I took that first calf kick in my world title fight my world title fight and I fell like I honestly felt like I broke my leg all over again took everything I had to stand up and then she kicked it a second time, and, like, I've been in fights with broken bones, I've broken my hands, I've taken cuts, like, but you have adrenaline and all this other stuff, um, that it didn't really phase me, and to actually feel that, like, that was just pure nerve damage, I've never felt something like that, um, and then the pain was radiating up into my hip, and it was just the weirdest feeling, and, I mean, that happened within the first minute of the fight, so here I am having to have a 25-minute fight on my hands, and, um it played a totally different role but you know going through that and actually I, it was just like i talked to the doctors and stuff and they were like you seriously need to like take the time you need to recover you need to do the right thing so afterwards i spent 5 days a week in physical therapy just really trying to get my leg back up and then as soon as i felt like it was up to par from there then went into conditioning and then went into slowly kicking and like really just learning how to function with it and what the new norm is and stuff i mean i have nerve damage which It kind of works in my favor as far as those calf kicks and stuff but hurt the way that it actually used to um so it's just like i i can't feel certain things but then it's kind of weird because every now and then just from the nerves um it'll like i could just be hanging out sitting on the couch watching tv or whatever and all of a sudden it'll feel like a thousand bee stings in my legs and it's just from that actual like nerve damage so i get some really weird effects from that thing
2: it's crazy
1: (laughs) yeah it's crazy um so we know obviously you're a colorado native um and colorado's sort of known for its uh, high altitude training a lot of fighters will always go there for for that reason and when the training do you ever sort of try and look for the opposite like do do you go elsewhere for your training because you're sort of already conditioned with the high altitude
0: no i love high altitude training um i mean i just like being able to train here i love my team that i built i love uh, just the whole dynamic of things. And then, you know, I like to spend a lot of time if I don't feel like actually being in the gym, the outdoors of Colorado has a lot to offer. So I like to go trail running. I like to go hiking and just kind of get lost in the mountains and everything. Um, I've noticed a big difference to where, when I do go somewhere, uh, sea level or just a lower altitude, it's funny. Cause when people come here, they actually need to train their breathing and like, they have to slow down with everything and they can get altitude sickness and all the different effects from it. But then when I go somewhere else, I actually have to learn how to control my breathing because I'm actually sucking in too much wind and right. I kind of feel it a little bit. So it's an interesting dynamic. But, I mean, I guess that's why in every fight they're like, oh, Pennington's cardio. And they're always talking about my cardio and stuff. Born and raised in Colorado. I mean, it worked out.
2: Yeah. And um, obviously you mentioned your team. They seem to have a, a culture every every part of the game then um, I you know with, with that all that would you say there's any part that you feel you're you like excelling, or any part that you need to improve and I would, I would just like try and balance it to, to fit it all in
0: you know I think with MMA there's always going to be a challenge the sport is constantly evolving and growing and there's so many different aspects of it um, I am lucky with the fact that i have built a team um and i have a coach for every dynamic of it and you know i mean i love to break it down so that way it's like you know a lot of people go to mma training and it's just kind of putting the overall game together when my overall game comes together is my sparring base but other than that each day of the week is something different and i'm breaking it down and that gives me the total time that i'm in the gym to completely focus on one aspect so you know like i said i mean constantly growing constantly evolving and just constantly getting better at things um So I had that opportunity and then being in Colorado Springs we have the Olympic Training Center right here. So I have the opportunity to work with the Olympic boxers, the wrestlers, um, and kind of just have multiple different partners uh, at all different levels of talent that I can actually work with. Um, So, you know, I mean, that's how I pretty much prefer it. I feel like uh, I am a well-rounded fighter. I feel like I've always been a well-rounded fighter. Ever since I went into the Ultimate Fighter and signed with UFC, everybody categorized me as this brawler but I actually love the ground game and I have a really good ground game. Um, every now and then that comes out. Uh, I think in the recent years, I've become more defensive in my ground game as opposed to being offensive. But every now and then you see that light a little bit to where I'll just snatch a choke or do something. Um, but on my downtime now that I've actually had this opportunity, I've been working on switching that again and becoming more passionate about being offensive on the ground um, and going for those submissions and stuff again. So
1: so do you do you work more with certain coaches depending on who your opponent is?
0: Yeah, I mean, not really. Uh, you know, we'll focus on certain things and we kind of focus on that dynamic a little bit more. And when all of a sudden it's a sparring match, then obviously we're putting everything together. But for me, I can't control what my opponent does. I can only control what I do. So I just focus on my overall game um and my thing when I'm getting I go into the fight is to be better in every position so that's what I'm preparing for and that's what I'm doing um like I said I mean I have it in the back of my mind what my opponent's doing but overall it's just about sharpening my tools and perfecting my game um to get ready for that
1: um so women women's MMA in general at the moment is in is in a really good place um do you think women's MMA has been in a better place than it is right now?
0: You know, I think it's constantly growing. Um, It's pretty cool to see when I started where women's MMA was to now where it's grown to. And, you know, I think it's only going to continue to grow. Um, But like you said, I mean, it's in a really good spot right now and uh, it just keeps getting better and better. I think uh, you can sit there and take a poll now um, to where it's like, Hey, what fight are you looking forward to most on a card? And if a woman's fight is on there, like a lot of people actually look forward to watching us fight as opposed to some of the guys. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. And be, being in, in not the, the fighting game for so, so long, um, what do you think is the next step to progress women's MMA?
0: You know, I mean, just like anything else where it's constantly growing, uh, things are becoming equal. Um, I think eventually like uh, everything will kind of balance out as far as even pay and stuff like that. So I think the business aspect is going to be something that definitely continues to grow and change. Um, I think as far as like the fighting, um, per se, uh, you know, I, I think that they have a lot of divisions that are really competitive. Um, and I think the other promotions, I mean, Invicta obviously is Invicta fighting championships is something that built a home for all of us women. Uh, so they have multiple different, um, weight divisions, but I think just the platforms are going to continue to grow. And obviously, like I said, I mean, the sport is constantly growing and uh, there's so much up-and-coming talent that it's just going to keep going.
1: Do you think something like UFC Fight Pass is important in the, in the growth of the sport? Because like for us in the UK, without that, I don't know how we would be able to watch something like Invicta. It'd be very difficult for us without that.
0: No, I think it's super important. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously all these different platforms to where it's given the opportunity for exposure. Um, I think Invicta is constantly growing. It's really cool to see from being at the very first Invicta to fighting at the very beginning of it to now what event that they're on. But the fact that they have that opportunity to continue to grow and stuff and be able to give access to everybody around the world to see those things. So I think, um, you know, I think, like I said, I mean, the different platforms they are going to be able to keep up with that. I personally, like I never really use fight pass as far as being a fighter, but the only time that I do use it, it gives me the opportunity to obviously look up like my opponents, look up videos and different things like that. So that's what I use it for, but I think it's just a cool thing for anybody who's very passionate about sport and wants to look at all the different athletes, find out statistics or watch previous videos. Um, and then like you said, I mean, for the opportunities for everybody else to be able to watch the events
1: Definitely. Um, so you, you're, um, obviously, you've had a, a bit of downtime, as you said yourself, um, and you reported yourself to USADA um, a few months back, and obviously you got the, the six month ban there. What, what was the, the motive be behind your reporting yourself? I, I, I don't think a lot of fighters would do that.
0: Uh, for one, because I'm just trying to get my health under control, and you know, I was sitting here. I'm the type of person. I have that Monday through Sunday little pill box. Um, you know, I've been battling with a thyroid issue for since 2017 now. And I mean, it's played a huge part in as far as like, uh, my weight and stuff. And like, it's just really hard. It's, it's super frustrating for me to see how hard I train my body's just not reacting. Um, when I was getting ready to fight Jermaine Dironomy, I miss weight and I believe in being professional. So that was really hard for me emotionally because I've never crossed that bridge in my career. And so, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of different things. And anyways, I seen a hormone specialist and they put me on some medication. And, you know, uh, after doing all the work, going through my whole history after working with multiple doctors, um, and then like losing my hair, I was balding, like all this weird stuff was going on. I fight at 135 pounds. Normally I walk around like 155. That's what I've always been my entire life. And then um throughout Throughout that time frame, like I shot up to 174, the biggest I've ever been, had no idea how to get my weight down. And so it's like I seen this hormone specialist. Uh, she put me on some medication and whatnot. And one day I was just sitting here, I was filling up my little pill bottle, and I was looking at the bottle, and I was supposed to be on a micro dose of testosterone to be able to get my body to recognize that it should produce that because I'm super estrogen dominant, but I have no testosterone. And so um you know, they were worried about thyroid cancer at first. And then with being super dominant in estrogen, they started worrying about the idea of breast cancer and different things. So it was just trying to get my body under control. And I was looking at the bottle and I was like, this doesn't say anything about testosterone. So then I reached out to the doctor and the doctor was like, no, I put you on this. It increase, it helps aid in the increased activity of the thyroid. And it's like, okay, yeah, I understand. Well, I just wanted to Google and look at some, ther- some stuff. And when I Googled one of the names, it actually said bandwidth with WADA and USADA. So it actually kind of freaked me out because I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm the type of person that I don't even like to put stuff in my body actually. Um, but I mean, obviously the body is the way it is. And sometimes we have to take assistance with things and take some medication. So I reached out to UFC and was talking to them and I asked for a TUE, which is the exemption form. I don't understand why we have that program if they like for medical purposes it's always a battle every athlete that i've talked to that has some sort of medical issue it's always a battle trying to get a tue and so it just turned into this whole ordeal um pretty much they just advised me to like talk to usada about it and usually like with that type of medication i mean people obviously see the things and they're like oh it's a freaking steroid oh it's whatever and yeah it already, it already turns into like this whole doping thing and like cheating thing and whatnot. And like, it's just, it's super frustrating how that goes. So anyways, I talked to USADA, and basically with that, with that medication, um, people, I guess, get like a suspension of almost two years, but because I, they looked at my entire history because I came to them with it. Um, they spoke with the doctors, did the interviews and stuff and everything panned out exactly how it was, where I'm just trying to get my health under control they gave me the retroactive suspension or whatever. So, I mean, that's been super annoying. It's been super frustrating. Obviously, it's a setback. Obviously, I had to take some more time off. But like I said at the beginning of this, I mean, as frustrating as as things get, everything happens for a reason. So, here we are. And my suspension will be up, I think, on Monday, actually.
2: (laughs) Do you you find with with stuff like that as well? Obviously, you mentioned, you know, people start thinking it's cheating and that. Do you find that that impacts uh, you know, a person's name and obviously the legacy? And um, You'll have someone like John Jones, obviously, incredible fighter, but because of his history and that, his sort of legacy gets impacted. Was, was that a, a, another reason as well?
0: You know, I think it's, I mean, to a certain degree, people are going to build opinions, they're going to think things, but that's what's wrong with this world. Everybody's mm-hmm. opinionated and it is what it is. I mean, you have some of those athletes who have basically done stupid shit and they have ruined the opportunities for other athletes, such as myself, who's trying to get their health under control or do the right things. Um, And so whatever, but we're trying to keep keep a clean sport. And as far as the legacies and stuff, I mean, that just comes down to people's opinions and whatnot. Uh, You know, I think that if people want to focus on the bad things or if they want to focus on the stupid shit that people have actually done in their careers, I mean, it is what it is, or you can focus on what they've actually done. So it just kind of depends on the person who's doing it and the way that they want to look at it. Are you going to look at the glass half empty or are you going to look at the glass half full?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, as you said, uh, you know, you'd be cleared to fight again soon, which I, I guess it would be a relief for you. Um, do, do you have a particular fight in mind for your return?
0: So I was actually supposed to fight on the June 12th card. Um, against uh, I think her name is Pani or Pani Kiazad. I don't know. I can't ever say. Her. I think her nickname's like the raging panda or something. Um, but I actually sustained an injury, so kind of just working on a little bit of rehab of that. So hopefully, I'll be back at like the end of July, early August, or sometime in
2: August. Will that fight be rescheduled, or is it?
0: No, she didn't want to push back with the fight. So she's going to continue to fight in June. Um, The original game plan was to fight her. And then in August, I wanted to fight Aspen, uh, who's ranked above me. And then, um, you know, just kind of work from there. I mean, my ultimate game plan is to get back to a world title shot, being 100% healthy. And so I would have liked to be able to fight June, August, and then... Maybe for the world title shot or one more fight, and then at the beginning of the next year, the world title shot. But uh, you know, it's just going to be a busy couple months for me because I just plan on getting super active and going from there.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we look forward to seeing you again. Um, you've been a big miss to the division. Um, so we've just got a few little uh, fun questions to finish off on. Um, cool. so first of all, ah. who If you had one, who would be your dream opponent, past or present?
0: Uh, You know, I think everybody's in the UFC or whatnot in the sport for a reason. They all bring a different challenge. It doesn't matter if you're number one, doesn't matter if you're champion or if you're ranked 50th. Um, So, you know, I mean, I'm the type of person, I don't like to turn down any opportunities. I think for me, just personally, where I want to go with my goals and stuff, I mean... Obviously, I want to rematch against Amanda, so I'm gonna have to go with Amanda. I think I would have said before Gina Carano when she was still involved, just because she was the very first fight I like female fighter I ever seen fight. I've seen her fight against Tanya Evinger, and so I mean that would be super cool. But I think right now, just being in the present and knowing my goal, Amanda.
2: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> what is your name, um, your go to? post fight meal So after all the training and fighting what's your your meal that you like to talk into
0: honestly i'm a steak and potatoes girl so it's just like i just want the red meat again and (laughs) i just i don't know i just want like a meal like that but usually afterwards um after everything's said and done i like to treat myself to some sort of dessert i don't know what it is just depends on what i'm craving but i love I mean, I'm Hispanic. I grew up on (laughs) crazy, so you know, I like um, I like pan dulce uh, and or like the sweet bread. So usually I go to that or tres leches cake or just something crazy, and then I immediately regret it as soon as I'm done eating. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: so if you if you were in a fighter, what what would you see yourself doing right now?
0: If I wasn't a fighter, my original goal in life was to be a WNBA player in the basketball. So, you know, I've always had the dream of being a professional athlete. That being said, while I was in college, um, I was actually doing pre-med because I've always wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. So some sort of doctor.
2: Um, the last one we had was what can we expect from you? But you, you've kind of uh, covered that with, with your plan you know, in July, August, and then the world title. Um, So to finish then, as you mentioned, uh, NBA, who's your favorite player?
0: Who's my favorite
2: player? Yeah, the NBA.
0: Honestly, I don't even watch it anymore. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm fighting that, like, (laughs) I, I like to go out and I like to shoot, and usually when we start our weight cuts as a team, we warm up with basketball. I remember when I went through uh, my wrist surgery and my shoulder surgery, I needed to like, I was telling the, uh, my physical therapist, I was like, my wrist is not normal. I need this motion. He's like, you need this motion to punch. And I was like, no, look <laughs> back. And he's like, what the heck? So honestly, it's just going out and having fun. Um, I've pretty much fell off of like, I'll watch some of the games and kind of just see what's going on, but I don't even have a favorite player anymore.
1: Fair enough. enough. Um, well, it's been great to talk to you, Raquel. Really appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, we look forward to seeing you fighting again very soon.
0: Thanks. It was good talking to you guys. Thanks very much. This is the greatest. I love
1: it. It was super necessary.